Glory to God. What a great looking family this morning. If you're visiting for the first time, can you just wave your hand like you just don't care? Just praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad you're here. And our prayer is that you'll never be the same in Jesus' name in a good way. Amen. That you may have an encounter with, with Jesus and realize he's all you ever needed. Amen. I'm so glad you're here this morning. What a great, great day. What a great beginning of the year it has been. Can I get a witness? We're off to a great year. Let me, let me rephrase that. We're off to the greatest year you've had. 2022 is going to be a year of unusual miracles, of unusual testimonies for the glory of God. And I've been saying it's not going to be by chance just because, not even because you're showing up to church. It's because you have gotten to the point where you realize God is my source. God is everything I hunger for. Amen. And you're growing and learning how to tap into the things that God has for each and every one of you. And you've come to the realization that you serve the living God. Amen. And that God has equipped you with everything you would ever need to get over in this life. Until that trumpet blows, we will continue to be witnesses for the glory of God so that people can see us and know that we serve the God that is not dead. He is alive and he's still on the throne. And no matter what is happening, like Courtney said, even in the midst of famine, when we apply his principles, we shall reap a hundred, a thousand fold return in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. If you believe that, say hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm excited. I'm excited for this whole year. Don't miss next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come in expectancy. Whatever it is you need, come ready to receive. Amen. Evangelist Kofi is going to be here with us, and I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. Powerful. Invite, invite, invite. And so I'm telling everybody in the area of Texas, <laughs> it'll be worth the drive. Amen. I mean, we've driven hours just to get in, you know, in a, in a place and, and receive. And, and I'm telling you, it's worth it. You'll never, you'll never miss out. And so it's going to be awesome. Amen. It's going to be great. There's great things in store for the year. And um, get connected every way that we can. How many uh, uh, more discipleship classes do we have? We have a few. We're more than halfway done. Like three more classes. And then we have a group that is going to graduate from the new discipleship from the class. And so if you've never taken the discipleship class, this is a way to begin, to start off right. Take it, get set in your foundation, Christian foundational principles that are going to empower you, amen, and prepare you for the rest of your life. So uh, get connected any way that you can, um, and um, praise the Lord, amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of, I believe it's 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I wasn't intending to go here, but I've just been stirred up for the last 
21 days. But, but this came to me again because it's, it's, it's key. Say it's key. Second Chronicles. Um, I know y'all think I'm going to Jehoshaphat. I might end up there, but not right now. It's close, close. Let me find it. Praise the name of the Lord. Second Chronicles 26. Second Chronicles 26, when you find it, say amen, amen. or oh me or wait for me. And um, it begins by saying, let's go to uh, verse 1. Second Chronicles 26, verse 1. It says, all the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah 16. Listen to this guy, 16. 16 year, 16 uh, year old son, Uzziah, say Uzziah or Uzziah, as king in place of his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt, say rebuilt, the town of Elath and restored, say restored, it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jechaliah. I think that's how you say it. Jechaliah from Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he did, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. And then uh, this is the key verse right here. You ready? You ready? You ready for what empowered Uzziah and you ready for what is going to empower you? You keep this principle before you, you can get the results that Uzziah got. It says, Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah who taught him to fear God. Here it is. And as long as, as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. I want you to say that with me. As long as, as long as. So that's conditional. That's, a, that's conditional. Say that's conditional. Say it as long as. King sought guidance from the Lord. God gave him success. If you continue to read the life of Uzziah, you might say, Pastor, what does this got to do, Uzziah got to do with my life? It's an example. It's an example given to you. And to see what happens to a the people that put God first. I'll take you to over in a minute, right over to the New Testament. But these are not encounters for us just to admire them and say, wow, God acted powerfully back then. God is acting powerfully now in the lives of his people, doing what only he can do. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says that 
we are up under a much better covenant established upon much better promises. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You can read the life of Uzziah, and it says that when, uh, um, when he went to war, when he went to war, say when he went to war, because it's not if we're going to go through the fire. It's not if we're going to go through the floods. It's when. But this, don't get focused on the fires. On the, what is a fire? Storms of life. Don't get caught up on the storms of life. Don't get caught up on, on the fire. Don't get caught up on the storms of life. Get caught up on the one who has called you and the one that is on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is of this world. Either you have a big God and a little problem or a big problem and a little God. But the Bible says magnify the Lord. Magnify by meditating on his awesomeness. But meditating on his ability in you and through you to do whatever needs to be done in your life. Oh, it's not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of God, saith the Lord. And we have the spirit of power living on the inside of us. It is Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. So the Bible says that when war was declared upon him, it says in verse 7 that God helped him. God helped him in his wars against the enemy. The Bible also says that Uzziah's fame spread. God made him famous. You know God wants to make you famous? Don't let your religious bones come out and say, well, it's not about me. It's about God. Well, God needs you to be a witness. A witness is somebody that has seen the faithfulness of God and the awesomeness of Jesus. That when I was lost on my way to hell, a nobody, trash, garbage, God took me, rescued me, brought me out and made me his treasure. God wants to, he says that he's, uh, uh, that God always causes us to triumph. That we are his, the trophies of his victory, of his triumph. Jesus didn't die on the cross because he didn't have anything to do on a Friday night. He did it for you. He did it for me to redeem us, to save us, to rescue us from the grip of the enemy. Oh, and now we are free indeed. I said, now we are free indeed. We don't have to be bound to sin. Sin has no hold over us anymore. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be suicidal. We don't have to be confused. We don't have to be lied to and saying there is no hope for us. There is always hope in Christ Jesus. We don't have to live lives uh, uh, without purpose. We have purpose because he's given us purpose. Amen. If he's given you purpose, say hallelujah. hallelujah. And the Bible says that he had become very powerful. That he became very powerful. It says that Uzziah, verse 9, built fortified towers in Jerusalem. He built. Say he built. God has called us to build, to uproot, to destroy, to rebuild. We, we destroy the works of the enemy. 
We uproot those things that don't need to be, that the enemy goes and plants. And then we build with the seeds of the word of God in our lives and in people's lives. Glory to God. It says that, uh, verse 10, that he also constructed. Say he constructed. Oh, it's going to be a great year of kingdom expansion. In every, every area the Lord has called you to. As long as you seek the Lord, God will cause you to succeed. Whatever field you're positioned in, this is not just for fivefold ministry. Whatever field you are positioned in, as long as you seek the Lord, God will cause you to succeed. Oh, glory to God. He'll move things around for you. He'll, he'll cause your hearts to, when they wanted to say, nope, 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 they're going to say yes, yes, yes to you. Because, because you have your principle in line. Seeking the Lord first. His kingdom expansion. So when they, they, when they say, they want to say, no, we don't do that anymore. They're going to look at you and say, well, we don't do that anymore. But for you, we're going to do it. Somebody say favor. favor. Somebody say favor. favor. Hallelujah. Thank, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he was also a man who loved the soil. He had many workers who cared for his farm and vineyards, both on the hillsides and on the fertile valleys. Verse 11, Uzziah had an army of well-trained warriors ready to march into battle. I see an army this morning. Well-trained. Ready. Say ready. I asked somebody, you ready? And they said, I stay ready. Praise the Lord. That's the perfect response. The year 2022, it's a year of staying ready. Stay on ready. Look at your neighbor and say, stay. you better stay on ready. Ready to march into battle. Not to run from battles. Not to withdraw. Not to, you know, we are not of those that draw back. Amen. We're ready. Say ready. We're ready with the word. With the sword of the spirit. Empowered. With the name that is above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess in heaven, on earth, and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. And it says that Uzziah provided. You're going to be a provider. You might say, Pastor, you're just telling people stuff. I'm telling you the word. I'm telling you the word. God says you shall be a lender and not a borrower. He'll make you blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you are going to write your biggest seed you've ever written since you gave your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord came for this year that the harvest that is due to you shall be released in the name of Jesus. And any, and any enemy withholding it moves out of the way. will make way for you, for your harvest to come to you in Jesus' name. 
Anybody have seed in the ground? Because it's your seed. Amen. It's not like we're calling, like Pastor Jesse said this morning. We're not just calling finances. There's seed that you have sown. And there's a harvest due to you. Claim it. And be an expectation to receive it in the name of Jesus. I see that harvest coming unto you. Even the word of the Lord that came on New Year's Eve. Even wages that have been withheld from you. Some people might have cheated you. And you might have not, not even known about it. But God knows. And you're going to have all of a sudden checks. I'm telling you right now, some of you are looking at me funny, but I'm telling you right now, the Bible says that the wages that you have withheld from my children cry out before me. I don't know that I've ever been cheated, and I don't care, but the Lord knows. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that Uzziah, remember, it says that his fame spread far and wide. For the Lord, say the Lord. The Lord gave him marvelous help. Marvelous help. Anybody here in need of help? I'm here to tell you right now, there is a marvelous help for you. And I'm going to share with you how you can command help. And it is your God-given privilege from the Lord. From the Lord. The Lord gave him marvelous help. And he, and he became very powerful. So the key is that as long as... As long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, as long as, I need this to ring in your spirit and never forget it, that as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God guaranteed him success. Prosperity, the whole pie. This is not just talking about limited to finances. This is talking about favor, strength, ability, favor with men and people, health, strength. Say in every area, God cost him. To succeed. Say in every area, God caused him to succeed. As long as he sought guidance from the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to help you. With the power of prayer. I want us to be people of prayer. And hear me out. 
By no means does it stop at prayer. By no means does it stop at prayer. I grew up in church and I seen a lot of prayer go on, but I didn't see a lot of action. I saw a lot of prayer, prayer, prayer go on, but I didn't see a lot of getting up and going and doing. So prayer is a redemptive right of every believer and it is a must. It is a must. And God has given us the ability to be able to pray. Because through prayer, it is the, 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 the greatest asset for the believer to be in communion with the Lord. You commune with him through prayer. God didn't uh, bring you into a religion. You did not join a religion when you gave your life to Jesus. You, you joined into the family of God. That's a relationship. And, 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 the, and, the, and the greatest force, spiritual force that God has given us to maintain that relationship is through prayer. And prayer serves us for many reasons. And the most important one is in the way that we keep a fresh, somebody say fresh, fresh. say fresh. fresh, communication with our Father. That is what Christianity is all about. It's a relationship, not a religion. And we must have this kingdom principle in order. We must never stop doing it. And we must know the vital necessity and importance that it is to our lives. A relation, what keeps a relationship in the natural and gives us strength? With you and somebody. It is your communication. It is your fellowship. It is your constant exchanging of information. Well, if, if we don't have that with our Heavenly Father, then the strength of the relationship is not going to be so strong. And if you want any relationship in your life to be the strongest, is the one with your Heavenly Father. Are you with me? If you want the strong, if you want to uh, uh, work at having uh, 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 the strongest relationship with anyone should be with your Heavenly Father. And we're going to do it through prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank God I've been privileged to pray. Because it is a privilege. Say it's a privilege. When you don't know that, it's a burden. Oh, pray. Es que me aburro. Es que because you know oh, the moment when you understand it you can't go without it when you understand it you crave that you crave that fellowship with your father you crave that making that appointment with your heavenly father like the a newborn babe craves the milk you you would crave that intimacy, that communion with your heavenly father. God, I, I need to come and just come before you and just pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So prayer to many is just going to God with the grocery list. Or asking for things. And you can. You can ask for things in prayer. And there's different types of prayer. Say the different types of prayer. 
But it's much more than that. It is so much more than that. Your heavenly father knows your needs. They, he knows what they are. So prayer should not be engaged only when we need to communicate our needs with our heavenly father. Though he wants you, and I'll show you in the word of the Lord, that he wants us to come with, with, with our request. But it's much more than that. You know, the prayer is seeking. And somebody here, if you need a miracle, your miracle is here. Prayer. Say there's power in prayer. Let me finish what I was saying. We pray like it all depends on us, on God. Like God, you are my source. God, you know, according to your word. We pray like it all depends on God. And then we get up and go like it depends on us. Because there's a time to pray and then there's a time to act. Say there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. So prayer is seeking divine intervention. What is that? Divine intervention is a miracle. It's something that you cannot do for yourself. It's something that is going to take the hand of God to come and intervene in your life. And through prayer, through prayer, you can receive that divine intervention that you need in your life over any given situation. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how tough. It doesn't matter the report of the doctor. It doesn't matter what they've said about you. It doesn't matter how dead the situation looks. It doesn't matter how far it's gone. When you get the will of God for your situation through prayer, you can receive divine intervention over your situation and you can see about a turnaround in the name of Jesus for the glory of God come on I need you to hear me this morning prayer is is not just coming to God with with things and you can but it's also a a way that you can seek divine intervention there'll be moments that it's gonna God either you do it or it can be done either you do it or it can be done either you take me there or I can't go there either you do it for me or no one else can say divine intervention say miracle working power praise the Lord whatever it is Found in the word of God. It can be yours. Whenever in 2 Chronicles 20, you don't have to go there. But y'all know what, y'all know. Me and Jehoshaphat know, like, we've become really close lately. Whenever there was three vast armies against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat got the message that they were coming against him. The first thing that he did was go to the Lord. It says that he was terrified 
But then he turned to the Lord. Say, he turned to the Lord. Somebody say, he prayed. He prayed. And he said, Father, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Father, we don't know what to do. There's three vast armies coming against us, threatening us to take us out. And we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Our eyes are fixed on you. Say, he prayed. The Bible says that when he prayed, he began to remind God of his awesomeness. And God wants you to do that. Come on. God wants you to do that. And I'll show you in a minute. They began, he, he began to open his mouth and began to remind God of how powerful and how awesome and how God has rescued them. How God has been so faithful. Has God been faithful to anybody in this house? Don't ever forget that. Keep it before you. You might find yourself in an impossible situation, but I'm here to tell you, God has given you the ability to go to him in prayer and receive divine intervention. You might not know what to do, but God does. But you got to come to him. Don't be a lazy Christian and be like, well, God knows everything. If he wants to, he'll just, he'll just intervene in my situation. No! He said... God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Say, God, my eyes are fixed on you. And he began to remind God of his awesomeness. God, you're powerful. You're faithful. You're good. You've never failed us. You, you never let us down. They didn't deny what was happening. Faith is not denying the natural. It's knowing what is happening, but understanding that what God says is greater than what is happening in your life. Amen. And the Bible says that the end result was great victory. Great victory. So much that they didn't even need to fight. They didn't even need to fight. As long as you seek the Lord for guidance, God will cause you to succeed. They didn't even need to fight. They understood God's power. Because when the word of the Lord came to him and said, look, take your positions. Stand still. The enemies you see now, you won't see them tomorrow. He says, but go. He said, but go. They didn't pray and just stayed home and, and sat there and wait on God. He said, then go. He says, you're going to succeed. You're going to have the victory. You don't even need to fight. I'm going to fight for you. Now go against them. Go against them. They weren't going to see if they were going to have victory or not. But it took faith. Because you think, well, that was Jehoshaphat. That was them. Can you imagine the word of the Lord assured them that they were not going to need to fight. But yet in the natural, there's three armies coming against them. But they prayed. 
And God assured them that they were going to have the victory. That still took faith. It's still, it's still, they still, it's like you're walking. God already spoke to you and, and gave you the victory. You Maybe it hasn't manifested yet, but you already brought it to the Lord. God already told you what's going to happen in your life. So now you just keep serving him. You keep going. Just like they did. They had to march. They didn't stay, didn't stay home. They marched. They showed up for ready for battle. And they were walking. They were walking against the enemy. And the, and the Bible says that they activated a weapon. Some of you need to activate this weapon because you say you believe God and you are, it's already done, but this weapon hasn't been activated. And this is the weapon that is going to bring about your delivery. I don't went a whole nother route because... They activated a weapon that, that, that announced their delivery. It sounded something like that. They activated the, the final weapon that even after they, it, it, nothing was delivered yet unto them. Because see, when they came to God about Jehoshaphat, when Jehoshaphat came to the Lord about, about this threat, that they were coming for him. And he said, God, we're terrified. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. And they began to remind God of his faithfulness. Well, nothing had changed as of then. The army was still there that was coming against them. The army was still there. They, you know, after they prayed, even after they fasted, the Bible says that the army was still on the other side plotting on capturing them. Their plans were still, were still being enforced. The word of the Lord came and the enemy didn't disappear. The enemy was still there. They were still making plans. But the moment that they did take God at his word and they, and they, and they believed what God has said, that they had the victory, they enforced this weapon that is called praise. They enforce this weapon that is called praise. See, many want to enforce the praise weapon without coming seeking the Lord for guidance. That doesn't work that way. That's why you can sing, shout until you're blue in the face, and you have no victories. But as long as they sought the Lord, God caused them to succeed. And nothing changed. Say nothing changed until the Lord said, now go against them. And they went. They went just like some of you are going. You're not going to go get your victory. Your victory is already inside of you. And I've been saying this for this last 21 days, that no matter the revelation that you get from the word of God, no matter the plans that are being unfolded to you from the Lord, it's going to take you building up in you a spiritual resistance because the enemy is not going to make it so easy for you to have your deliverance. The enemy is not going to make it so easy for you to have your deliverance come to you. He doesn't want you to reach your destination. He, wants, he doesn't want you to get your expected in. 
So though God's word has been revealed to you, the revelation of the word of God has, has come to you, God's unfolded plan, you're going to have to build a spiritual resistance in order that when the enemy comes to try to deviate you or hinder you from entering into your final destination, you're going to rise up in the spirit of power, resist him, and he will flee from you. He, he, will, he would make way for you. It will be that easy. He will make way for you. Amen. So they started going and they enforced the weapon of praise. They said, give me some worshipers, Jehoshaphat. Get me some worshipers and put them in the front line. Put them in the front. Don't put them in the back. Put them in the front. That's why we always start with praise and worship. He says, and the Bible says that he had them marching. Them, they behind them. And, 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 and praising about the faithfulness of God. About the faithfulness of God. They started going, marching against the enemy. And they started, they started praising. Praising about the faithfulness of God. Until you activate this weapon of praise, you'll never see it by your delivery. You know why? Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says that the moment, say the moment. See, the Bible is specific. That the moment that they began to march and the moment that praises began, the Lord caused confusion in the enemy's camp. Not when the word of the Lord came, not when they fasted and prayed, not when they, 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 they petitioned the Lord. The moment, which all those things have to be enforced, but the moment that they started going, praising the Lord, you know, your prayers should start with thanksgiving and end with praise. Your prayers should always start with thanksgiving and end with praise. Because when you have a praise in your mouth, in your heart, you're announcing that victory is yours. You're announcing that it is done. It's mine. I got it. I got it. Hallelujah. And the moment they started going, the Bible says that God, God, somebody say God, God. gave him success. That he caused confusion in the enemy's camp. They started fighting against each other. They started fighting against each other. Excuse me if I'm drinking a lot of water. God, God, on the other side, started taking care of the situation. They started marching. God caused confusion in the enemy's camp so much. They sang their way to the, to the, to the, the battlefield. And when they got there, the battle was already won. The battle was already won. They didn't even need to fight, the Bible says. 
And the Bible says that they, they, the, the enemy had fought against each other. And they left all the plunder. They left everything. They got there not to fight. They got there to collect it. They got there to collect it. And the Bible says that it was so much that it brought conviction like, we got to tell somebody about this. We got to share of the goodness of God. We got to share what God has done. Say the power of prayer. And it started with this. Father, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are fixed on you. That's how it has to start with us. Father, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. And, and as powerful, let me warn you, as powerful Uzziah's story is, and as powerful Jehoshaphat's story is, both of them had a downfall. Both of them had a downfall. And you know what the downfall was? That when God made him too great, they forgot who did it. When God made him too great, they forgot who did it. And the Bible says that no longer was God the one they sought first. No longer was keeping his ways. No longer was he the one they were going to first. Now they were consulting with others. And there's nothing wrong with consulting with others, but God wants to be first place in your life. And that was their downfall. I pray that as God continues to make you great, you'll never forget that it is he that has blessed you. That you'll never forget that it is he that has given you the power to gain wealth. Because God has great things for you, but he also has a place of perfection. And you will not miss your place of perfection in the name of Jesus. So what has to be before us? God, I got to seek you first. God, my relationship with you is first. What has God given us in order to have that with him? Prayer. Prayer. Say prayer. Prayer is a spiritual empowerment. I want you to say this. Prayer is a spiritual empowerment. Prayer is a God-given privilege to the believer not a burden it is the greatest asset of the redeemed we are the redeemed amen we are the redeemed he's redeemed us by the blood of the lamb he set us free he took us from darkness how many of you were in darkness he took us from darkness and 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 the grip of the devil and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son where there is light and we are carriers of this light and where this light goes whatever darkness flees and runs with terror and darkness could never extinguish this light so prayer is a spiritual empowerment Hebrews 4 13 says nothing in all creation is hidden from God. You know that? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. God, 
The Bible says he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. God knows already what's ahead. He knows everything. And what an awesome privilege that we can come to the one that knows everything. He's. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. What if we have this privilege of coming to him, to the one that knows the beginning and the end? Wouldn't you want to spend more time in that throne room? Watch out for those things the enemy will use to distract you from throne time. I'm telling you right now. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. Call to me. How do you call on God? The hotline of prayer. He didn't give you an extension to his office. You got a direct line. When's the last time you used it? <laughs> Call to me and I will answer you. Listen, listen to me right now. I'm not telling you to do things religiously. I'm telling you to do what God has asked of us that will empower you to receive. Somebody say receive from the Lord. God is not just a... It doesn't hear your prayers. Don't ever pray ever again in your life wondering if God hurt you. The Bible says that the ears of the Lord are open to the prayers of the righteous. God is not just a, doesn't hear your prayers, but he answers your prayer when you pray according to his word. You got to pray in faith. He who comes to God must believe that he is God. So when you come to God in prayer, you must literally believe that he is God. And that you're talking to someone. Not like, Father, I know you're far away. So far away. And I'm just right here on this earth real little. I know you're busy because I know other people that pray a lot and but if you're there somewhere listening please the Bible says come boldly You're not no stranger. If you've been washed in the blood, if you've given your life to Christ, this direct line belongs to you. But he only requires one thing. He who comes to me must believe that I am God. He who comes to me must believe that I am God. And if it stopped there, that was good. And then he said, and that I am a rewarder. Yes. This is a year of rewards. So 
feel like the Lord is passing out diplomas. He said, and I am a rewarder. He wants you not to only know that he is God when you come to him, but he wants you to expect your reward. He's a rewarder of those that diligently. There's a way to approach God. And it's with all your heart. Being sincere. Knowing that he is your source. That if he can't help you, you can't be helped. Totally dependence and reliance on him. Total trust. That's faith. He says, come boldly. With confidence. Not as somebody that is a sinner. You're not a sinner no more. You were a sinner. You gave your life to, if you gave your life to Jesus, you've been washed in the blood, forgiven of your sin. You don't ever see yourself as a sinner. See yourself washed in the blood and forgiven. And if you messed up, there's, if you repent, he's faithful to cleanse you from all acts of unrighteousness and forgive you and put you in a place as if you've never messed up. You don't got to keep living talking about your mess ups. Receive quick forgiveness and repent. Turn away and don't go back to that direction anymore. And then he says, you can come boldly conf with confidence. I, I, must, I am your, your daughter. You are my father. And I can come to you like your word says. He says, come with confidence, with boldness and receive. Say receive. See, so we come to him to receive. Mercy and grace. I love mercy and grace. They have found me. That's a song. But mercy. <laughs> you know, if I'm thankful for anything, I'm thankful for mercy. <laughs> That's just me. Because, you know, if you understand, you didn't get what you deserved. Don't ever think you, de you deserve what you got. But man, mercy gave you what you didn't deserve. We deserve to be hung on that cross. But Jesus hung for me. Died a death of a criminal for a crime that he didn't commit. It was our crime that hung him on the cross. And then uh, 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 on top of that, all, our, all, all the dumb things that we've ever done. God rescued us and helped us and had mercy on us. Some of us shouldn't be sitting here. Should have been, you, you should be sitting in a prison cell. How many of you seen your friends buried? How many of you have know people that are in a mental institution? How many of you, you know, know people that are in the streets, strung out, and, and you say, that could have been me. But God had mercy on me. God had mercy on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he's awesome. He's an awesome God. Hallelujah. And now we've been drawn near to him. We've been drawn near. We were, we were a people going our own ways. But now thank God that by the blood of Jesus, we are drawn near to him. We've been reconciled and, and, and have access to come before him in prayer doesn't say, he didn't say, go talk to your pastor about, uh, go talk to your pastor about what you need and let him let me know. I don't know if I said that right. Or your spirit, and that's really spiritual. 
or any priest. Jesus became the high priest. Amen. And he took his place at the right hand of the Father. And now even Jesus said, in that day, you won't even have to ask me anything. Ask the Father in my name. Ask the Father in my name and he will do it for you. Even Jesus said, you know, we don't pray to Jesus. We don't go, Jesus, help me. We say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Are you with me this morning? What a privilege we have. Shall I continue? Hallelujah. Prayer is a spiritual empowerment. God knows the beginning and the end. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. God knows what is in the dark. Because before him, all things lay bare. There's nothing hidden from him. He knows how to guide you. He knows how to help you. The Bible even says that he goes before us and make every crooked path straight. And we ask for him in prayer. Father, that's one of my prayers. Father, I thank you. We don't know what's ahead, but God does. And we trust him. God, I thank you. You go before us and make every crooked path straight. Every ditch that the enemy has dug for me to fall, let him fall in his own ditch in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that when the enemy comes like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. Through us. Through us. Not like God comes from heaven. Through us. Hallelujah. Say he knows the beginning to the end. The end to the beginning. He's even given us this. This is, this is, he's given us this. You don't, you don't have to live life with uncertainty, wondering how your tomorrow is going to turn out. You don't have to live life not knowing how your, you know, how your next month is going to turn out. You don't have to wonder if you're going to make it to next year. When you come to him in prayer, according to his will, you know what is in store for you. You know what your tomorrow holds because you know who holds your tomorrow. Hallelujah. How he gives you, he allows you to see. He even tells us how our end is going to turn out. He does. Hallelujah. You know how it's going to turn out? Wonderful. He's going to come back for us. The trumpet is going to blow. We're going to be raptured. And you know what he's doing right now? He's building our mansions. Don't lose your salvation over the things of the world. What does it profit a man to get the whole world and lose his soul? He's right now. He says he's building a mansion. And when everything is ready, he's going to come for us. Amen. That's why he says, be watchful. Be watchful for the day draw near of his return. So we're not, we're not wondering what's gonna, what, what, how things are going to turn out. He's going to come for his church. And it's going to be a glorified church. So things are not getting worse for the church. Hear me out. Things are not getting worse for the church. I don't care what is going on in the world. I, all hell can be breaking loose. But I'm here to tell you right now. That our end, our latter shall be greater than our beginning. I'm here to tell you that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So it, it, can, it can all be falling apart.
falling apart. But I'm here to tell you, as long as the church is here, we're going to prevail. We're going to, I said, we're going to prevail. I said, we're going to continue to advance and we're going to continue to prosper in the name of Jesus without fear of the future because we know who holds our future. And as long as we stay in that place, as long as you seek the Lord, God will cause you to prosper all your days. Somebody's getting it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't take many. It doesn't take many. It takes one to dare to believe the Lord. Is there a one here? You're waiting for people to get on board. But it takes one. It takes one. And let me tell you though, though it does take one, when one, that one begins to allow God to use them as a display for the honor and glory of God, it's not tough to get people on board. People want to get on board. People want to get in in what God is doing through your life. I see more people on board than we have ever have in the history of this church. Are you with me? I have, I have people telling me, it, it just feels like everybody's on board. I said, because that's exactly what's happened. Hallelujah. I get that, honestly. Pastor, I don't know, they're just, can I meet with you? Can I talk to you, man? It's just, I feel like, man, everybody's on board. And like, I feel like God is telling me I need to step it up. And God will do that for you because he wants to show you things. He wants to, he's not done with you. He, and these are successful people. God will always set you up, but you got to respond. You got to respond. There's a reason. There's a prompting to, to you know, to, to, to do more for the things of God. God is, wants to do something in your life. He said, call to me. And I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things. Say things. Things which have been confined and hidden. God says, call on me and I will answer you and I will tell you. I will tell you and even show you. Let me tell you something. It is in those, if you don't know yet. If you don't know yet, it is in those moments of prayer. It is in those moments of seeking the Lord where God will begin to speak things to you. And God will begin to show things to you. Things that you will never get anywhere else. And those things put a fire in you and empower you to keep running your race. And to come against anything that will try to hinder you from receiving those things that God has spoken unto you. Only what you can see, you cannot deny so when God himself shows them to you, there is power. There is power. What does the scripture say? This is all just coming to me. What is Ephesians? Ephesians. You think you know everything yet? We haven't even tapped in. Are you with me? Tell me, pastor, how do I tap in? I want, it. I want God to show me things. Pray. Come to him. 
call on him. Where am I going? Ephesians, let's see if this is right. Ephesians chapter 3. I think this is it. Verse 20. Hallelujah. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Somebody say super abundantly. I want you to say that three times. Because it ain't going to be just barely getting by. When God does the most in your life, it's super abundantly. Now unto him who is able, he is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers. I'm in the Amplified. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams according Come on, say according to his power that is at work within us. He, he has a super abundantly. He has a more than all we dare or ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest dreams and prayers and hopes. But it is, he'll do it according to the power that is at work within us. That is the spirit of power of prayer in our lives where when we come to him let me take you to another scripture can I take you to another scripture is this helping somebody you're not stuck you're not you're not stuck in a predicament not with the God that you serve not with the ability that he's given you amen don't let the devil lie to you. You're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Have the word of life and find yourself in a place where, what am I going to do? Is God going to come through? Is he going to help me? He's waiting for you to get on that direct line. Amen. Let me find it. It's right here. Because these are just coming to me. I don't have it written down. Hallelujah. Is this helping somebody? Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.9. And I have it in the Amplified. It says, But just as it is written in Scripture, things, say things. God wants you to have things. Amen. Things which the eye has not seen and the ears has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. All that God has prepared. You know, everything God has for you, it's already ready. It's not like God is working it out as you're walking. No, as you're walking, you're unfolding God's perfect plan for your life. 
you're positioning yourself to walk into those things that God has already prepared for you. God is not working up there. He already worked it out. He just needs you to mark a straight path for your life and get in line with his word and begin to walk forward. And as you do, that plan begins to unfold in your life. You're going to discover that there's things that God has been having for you for a while. And there you were waiting on God and God says, all I needed to you is get going. Keep walking by faith. Don't stop. He's not working up there. He already, he's resting. He worked already. Amen. It's, it's waiting for you. Things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man. All, say all, all. that God has prepared. Say prepared. prepared. For those who love him, who hold him in affection, reverence, who obey him, and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. And if we stop there, we think, oh, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And they are. But you know that it doesn't stop there. God lets you in on his thoughts. God lets you in on his ways. But he doesn't do it. He can't show you spiritual things naturally. It takes the spirit of God on the inside of us to tap into those things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Or even entered into the mind or heart of man the wonderful things that God has in store. If we leave it there, we'll just be like, man, I, I bet you God has a lot of great things for us. Man, I bet. No. Because if you go to verse 10, it says God has unveiled them. God, has, any, any, has God shown any of you things that if you even shared with somebody, they will think you're cray cray. Because you tapped in. You tapped in into God showing you some of those things. I don't think he shows you everything. But he gives you glimpses. I don't, think, I don't believe that God will show you everything. Because if he did, then you'll be off on your own. He gives you glimpses. Like he told Abraham, Abraham, get up, and get up from thy family and go into a country that I will show you. God gave him a glimpse of what he was going to be doing. He told him, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And then so as Abraham trusted God and began to go, even the little that he knew of God empowered him to get up and go. When you come to God, when you come to him, like the scripture says, call unto me in prayer and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things. He says, things which have been confined and hidden which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. When we come to God in prayer, God begins to speak to us and God begins to show us things and unveils them by his spirit. And when he does, my people, there is no stopping you. There is no stopping you. You are going for it full force with no reservation because what God has shown you doesn't compare to anything what God has for you doesn't compare to any offers you can get. Look at the life of Joseph. God gave him a dream. He gave him a vision and, and showed him what his life was going to look like. And the man became unstoppable. There is something about capturing a vision of what God is doing in your life. Let me say that again. There is something about capturing a vision. And you get before God and he shows you the plans and the purposes that he has for you. That makes you somebody 
that is unstoppable. Joseph knew what God had shown him. Do you know what God has shown you? Has God shown you anything? If not, press in. It's not that he doesn't have anything for you. He just wants you to come to him. Ask of him. And when you do, he will show you. And you will become unstoppable. This man, Joseph, became unstoppable. They tried to kill him, and they couldn't. They left him for dead, but he was still alive. They sold him to slavery, but he ended up in the prison. And from the prison, he ended up in the palace. And from the palace, he became the governor that ruled where everybody that needed help came to him. And what got him to his destination? The vision that God had given him. Those wonderful powerful things that were enclosed in God but when he came to God God showed him these wonderful things and that put a fire in him and empowered him to run his race and fulfill his God-given destiny I pray that as you make your priority to seek the Lord in prayer to come to him in everything that you do that God will begin to speak to you that God will begin to show you those powerful wonderful mighty things that he has prepared for you and that that will put a fire in your tail to continue to run and become one that is unstoppable you will fulfill God's given destiny for your life and whatever the devil sends out to get you to miss God plans for your life will make way for you in the name of Jesus if you believe that I want you to give the Lord a mighty shout of praise no I said if you believe it I want you to give the Lord a mighty shout of praise I see the Lord showing you wonderful things. One of the things I said that was going to happen in this part of the body is that we're, we're going to be people that have drawn ever more in our relationships with the Lord. That our priority will be with seeking him. He says, come draw near to me and I will draw near to you. If we think that we already got everything from our relationship with the Lord, it's not, and it's not about just getting everything. It's about fulfilling our purpose what God has called each and every one of us to do while we're temporary residents here on this earth while we're temporary <laughs> residents here on this earth because whether you know it or not from the back row to the front row from the left to the right you were all designed with a plan and a purpose from your heavenly father whether you know it or not, God loves you and God has a wonderful plan for your life. And it's a tailor-made plan. It fits you perfectly. And he chose you. But you do got to answer the call. You do got to say, God, you know, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. And the chosen people knew they were called and knew they were chosen and they responded to the Lord and said, Lord, here I am. Use me. Here I am, Lord. I want your plan. Nevertheless, I will my will but your will be done nevertheless my agenda but your agenda be done in my life to bring honor and glory unto your name he picked you he chose you aren't you glad i sing praises to your name oh he's so wonderful praises to your name Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. 
I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Why are you singing, Pastor Sandy? Because I can't. Because <laughs> I love it. Oh, because he's so wonderful. What a privilege to be called the sons and daughters of the Most High God. What a privilege. You know, I'm still in my introduction. I promise. And I have one, two, three, back and front. Say the power of prayer. You know, nothing happens in your life without first praying. Your effectiveness in life, in whatever field the Lord has called you to, you're only going to be as effective in that role as you are in your prayer life, in your relationship with the Lord. What am I saying here? Prayer is the greatest asset to us as the redeemed of the Lord because it is through him. It is it's through this spiritual force that we tap in to the source, which is God. Through this privilege that God has given each and every one of us that are his children, prayer is the way to tap in to the source, which is our Heavenly Father. You know, even the Bible talks about I told you the life of Jehoshaphat. I told you the life of, of, of Uzziah. I, you can read throughout the Bible. Every great and woman of God were people that sought the Lord, that prayed. Amen. And I want to remind you, prayer, you pray, there's a time to pray, and then there's a time to act. But you can't act without first having come to the Father. Amen. Because he is the one that is is the one that is going to give you divine intervention. Whatever it is, whatever the situation, whatever, whatever the circumstance, whatever it is, nothing is too difficult for our God. But he is waiting for you to call upon him. You're only, I believe, a prayer away by saying, Father, I believe. I believe that you are God. And I believe that when I come to you, you hear me. And not only that you hear me, but you are an answering, praying God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible even talks about, you know, in Exodus chapter 3 where it says that God told Moses, I've, 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 I've heard the cry of my people. And then he said, I've seen their affliction. 
So just because they were going through things didn't mean that God was going to come through. In the same way in your life, your affliction is not what moves the Lord. Your situation is not what moves the Lord. If that was the case, then everybody would be receiving help. It's your confidence in him. It's you calling out unto him. Because the Bible says, though God had seen their affliction, nothing changed until they began to come to God in prayer. Are you with me? And so God does not respond to the things that are happening in your life without you coming to him. He sees what's going on, but he needs you to come to him. Are you with me? He's not moved by the situations. He's moved by faith. And faith will always say, God, I know I can come to you. And I know that there is power in prayer. I know that you are faithful to your word. And your word says that, you know, you can do the exceedingly abundantly above in my life. I know that what is impossible with men is possible with you. I know you are my source. I know that you are an answering, praying God and that you are a God that answers by fire. And when you do, get ready to see fire upon your situation. I'm telling you, what do you mean fire? Get ready to see the power of God, the divine intervention of the hand of God upon your life. I thought... The word of the Lord. I have to find a stopping point. Because we're going to pray, amen. The word of the Lord is God's will for our life. And we must come to the Lord with his will. This is the confidence that I have in him. That whatever I ask according to his will, he hears us. First John 5. And because I know that he hears us, I know that we have the answer to our petition. The Bible gives you the assurance that when you pray, when you come to God with his word, and everything you need is in the word. Everything you need is in the word. His word is his will. You don't got to wonder what is, what is God's will on this situation. You can come to him on the basis of his word, and God cannot deny himself. And the Bible, the word of the Lord, will always gives you, give you the insurance when you pray that you can have what God says you can have. But you must only pray by faith on the basis of his word and then get going. And as you do, as you do, God is working it out for your good. Matthew 7, 8 says, for everyone that asked, received. And he that seek it, find it. And to him that knock it, it shall be open. He's talking about prayer. He said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open. For whoever asks, receive, whoever seeks, find it. And to him that knock it, it shall be open. I pray that as you begin to draw near to the Lord, doors will begin to open for you that need to be open and doors that need to be shut will be shut I quote this Proverbs a lot 13 12 
that says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is like a tree of life. That is saying when hope's dreams seem to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. God doesn't expect you to call upon him and never see results. God expects you to see results to, of him. He wants you to have an expectation that God will do what he says he will do. When you come to him on the basis of his word, God, God wants you as much as he requires of you in your obedience. God wants you to believe that he will do and expect that God will do what he says he will do. And he cannot deny himself. And he said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. So don't pray just to pray. Know that it is a spiritual power for you to see results and divine intervention from God upon your situation. Don't limit God in the times that he can do it. God is also a God of the suddenly. If you find it in the Bible, take it. And don't let nobody say, oh, you, don't, you just don't want God to do everything quick. If you believe that he can, and he's done it in his word. Hallelujah. It says, but when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Come on, it's one thing to believe the Lord and know that you have it. It has to be as real as it's already done. But it's another thing when that manifestation is standing right in front of you. That's life's sweetness to our soul. And I see the manifested goodness of God upon your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. This is going to have to go to part two. Did you receive something this morning? Let